TJ and PK, it's time to talk Utah football now with Frank Dolce. He's coming to you on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Was that route everything you expected it would be, Frank? Did that make your no, weekend great? I, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect the route like that. It was more than I expected. Did you expect it? Not like that. Maybe PK, maybe PK expected it more than anybody else. Well, I think but. that when you're the overwhelming favorite and you put it on them to 21 to nothing like that and you score so quickly, the other team realizes they've got no chance. So the margin of victory or of defeat in this case from the Oregon State perspective, it becomes greater because essentially your will to fight has just been stolen from you. And so you get into what's the point. So once it got to 21 as easily as it did from that point on, it certainly didn't surprise me. This is one of the worst, if not the worst team, maybe between them and our good guys down in Westwood with Chip Kelly's team and the Beavers. So at that point, I think they just quit. And so that ends up with the margin being more extended. But really, in the end, what does it matter? I mean, they were a 14-point favorite, so they were supposed to win easily, and they did. So I don't necessarily get caught up in the margin because you can see where – it gets away, and then you just give up. It's it's pretty much like you put in a position player to pitch in the eighth <laughs> inning or something, you know, because you know you're not going to come back. So you've yeah. the manager of the team is basically given up. So that was that, and it was a nice little run for the Utes. They barely had to extend any energy. So I'm not much con- so much concerned about what I saw on Saturday. It's what is going to happen going forward because now it gets down to it. They are, I've been saying this all along, in a prime position to take care of business, and I think that they're much better off prepared for it at any time since they've been in the conference. At, at this point, Frank, I see them going forward maybe losing one game. I, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I thought after, after USC, this is a team, if they played like they played against USC, that's a team that had four losses on the schedule. But, but the way they're playing now... Uh, I, I think that it's a team that's very capable of going through the rest of their schedule without taking another loss. Right. I, I think if they can play it, perform at the level that they've performed the last couple of weeks, that that's a team that is going to be very, very difficult to beat. But we, but we just know the Pac-12 is goofy. Yeah. It's like Oregon State. Oregon State looked, you know, awful against Utah, but that's the same team that nearly beat Stanford. And then Stanford beats Washington. I mean, it's such it's it's like you never know what what's going to happen in this conference week in and, and week out. So no, maybe it's settling down a, a little bit. I agree but. with that. Yet you really don't know for sure. But that applies every which way. And what I mean by that is that the Utes can not easily lose the game, but if they do lose, still fairly easily win the South because of what you just said. Whoever, whether we'll just go the next three, uh, we'll go ASU, Cal, Washington, right? We'll take those three because they look like the toughest games remaining of the six, right? So you go those three. Well, they're still particularly, well, really it doesn't matter as much for Cal and Washington because they're not competing against them to win the South. But for the Devils, if the Devils should pull the upset, then they're still in that same boat that they can get beat 
by any number of teams. Mm -hmm. So it really favors Utah in the final analysis, no matter which way you look at it, winning the South. This is the most important three-game stretch, I think, for Utah in conference play. If Utah gets through, if if Utah's going to take a loss, I would guess it's going to happen in the next three games. Right. If Utah gets through the next three games, I think they could go through the rest of their schedule without taking loss. The next three games are the most is the most critical stretch to me. I like the way Arizona State is playing. Uh, Cal's Cal's a you know I think they started out better maybe they've settled down a little bit but Cal still brings that a defense I think is is challenging their offense isn't isn't great um and then Washington I I don't know I I thought Washington would be more dominant they certainly have some holes and and maybe Eason isn't quite the guy or maybe doesn't quite have the weapons around him I don't know but but maybe Eason isn't quite the guy Washington still is the team on Utah's schedule to beat Utah kind of lucks out and doesn't have Oregon this year. So with all of that, the next three-game stretch is, is to me, the most important stretch for Utah in conference play. So you're a quarterback, and you probably have had your eyes on this trying to figure out why, too. We always hear it's about the players. Tyler Huntley's completion percentage is just off the charts. I mean, 70% is really good, and Coach Kisson say they want to get there, but nobody ever talks about getting their quarterback to 75%, which is where he is. Do you think it's Tyler's really improved and he's figured stuff out and he's a senior? Do you think it's the offensive coordinator and the way he's being used and then Andy Ludwig's come into it? It's probably both things, but is it more of one or the other? I think the best thing that happened to Tyler Huntley is – that Andy Ludwig showed up at the University of Utah. And Tyler had to, had to struggle through a few years of different offensive coordinators, maybe not completely understanding the, what they were trying to accomplish on the offensive side, maybe not having the type of rhythm on the offensive side or a relationship with the play caller, or being put in situations that weren't, that didn't take advantage of his skill set. Well, Andy, he, he feels like he's completely aligned with Andy Ludwig and the way that that Coach Ludwig is managing the offense. And 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 he said it right from the beginning. Hey, this is a you know we're going to be based in the running game, and they are. You know, they, they go out and establish establish a running game, and then they they give they give Huntley opportunities to succeed and then Huntley utilizes his athleticism to get out of trouble and he's taken that next step in the progression of a quarterback that he doesn't use his athleticism just to run around and try and try and make a play he uses his athleticism to buy himself extra time in the passing game and then if he has to as a last resort He'll he'll run around and and make a play with his legs, so it's a it's just a really good combination of a guy who's had to struggle at the quarterback position and try and figure it out and maybe not have as much help from from the, from the coaching as he as he needed, and then having the right guy kind of land at the right time in his career and everything kind of came together. I, that's what it feels like to me. Like everything's 
there's a really good understanding of what the offense wants to do and what Tyler Huntley is being asked to to do. And all of those guys are being coached really well, and clearly they're executing the game plan very well. So going forward, you know, it doesn't matter what you did. It matters what you're going to do, obviously, and we'll see how that plays out. They've got the Sun Devils up. They're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, which I thought was a little bit large considering the way Herm Edwards tries to play ball control and keep the score low, and you look at him and in 12 games in conference, he hasn't lost by more than uh, seven points, and they rarely win by more than seven points for that matter. Uh, but as I look at this team what they present, this quarterback, this Daniels kid out of the L.A. area. I think it was, uh, where is he, from Cucamonga, somewhere over there, San Bernardino. Uh, the thing that I like about him is his judicious running. He's He has the build, and you'd look at him, like, he might be a running quarterback, but he picks his spots. Obviously, that 17-yard run that he had to win the game was very impressive. He had a fourth and 14 against Michigan State right at the end, and he ran for a first down. So he's not necessarily a running quarterback who looks to run, but he can run. And going through Utah's defense against the offenses that they faced, they really haven't faced a quarterback who was mobile or at least tried to run that much. What do you think can be the challenges there as far as defending Daniels, who, if things break down or if he sees an alley, one of the two or both, he's capable of taking off, and they really haven't faced that yet this year? Right. I I think you're exactly right. And Daniels has been has been very good. He, he looks like he's he hasn't been rattled, and you, you'd expect maybe a freshman quarterback to be rattled at times. He shows great maturity, seems pretty steady in the pocket, uh, and even when he does have to scramble around, it, he, he you know he's a heads up kind of quarterback. So he seems very under control. I like the way he's I like the way he's managed himself, and, and certainly Herm, Herm Edwards and his staff have done, have, have done a nice job with the quarterback position. And adding that—that's—that's that's a difficulty because adding that piece, the the ability for a, a quarterback to run and to make a play with his legs, that's been something that's been challenging for Utah in the past. And if you go back to, you know, Utah against both of the Arizona schools in in the recent history with a with a mobile quarterback and and a good running game, that that's presented a challenge. So. I would think that Utah is going to, you know, Utah just completely dominated the line of scrimmage against Oregon State. They were disruptive at the line of scrimmage, and and we were saying this, you know, Hans and I were talking about this after the after the game. Is it doesn't matter what kind of offense you run, if you run a, sp- a spread option, or if you run a straight option, or if you run a pro style, or or if you run some combination hybrid of whatever offense you run. If the defensive line is disruptive at the line of scrimmage, then it's going to be very hard for whatever offense you run to be effective. And so I think that's going to be the first key for Utah, is, it, is that they have to be disruptive at the line of scrimmage and, and throw the timing off and, and force Arizona State into, into doing things that they don't want to do, forcing them out of their progressions early and forcing quarterback to run around a little bit and then you know not letting – not letting the the running game get started until they you know hit hit the line of scrimmage. So it's all about the defensive line to me. And then the linebacker group, which has been very good so far, I really like those guys, uh, Francis Bernard and, and Lloyd. 
those guys are going to have to probably play their best, technically their best game of the year. And, and, and that's because you have a mobile quarterback. That's because you have a guy that can move out of the pocket and find himself some yardage breaking out of a play that may have broken down. So, and that, that comes to, to linebackers really, really being around following, you know, spying the quarterback, following them around the field and making sure that, that you contain them at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then, you know, the, the defensive backfield played, played really well. It was a good matchup a week ago, but they're going to have to kind of keep their, uh, keep a third eye available in, in run type support. It's, it's always difficult when you get a guy like, like that, like a quarter, a mobile quarterback like that, when he breaks out of the line of scrimmage, because all of a sudden he's at the second level, and then you have nothing but defensive backfield as your as your run support. So it's a it's a combined effort, but it starts at the line of scrimmage, disruptive at the line of scrimmage, and then a very active linebacker group this week. You know, Benjamin ran for 175 yards against the Utes last year, and he had like a 1,500-yard season. He had more yeah. weapons around him, and the defenses are probably focusing on this year. But he's still on track for a 1,000-yard season. So what level of confidence do you have him that, that he won't put up a big number this year? Or this, against the Utes? Yeah, I – well – I mean, Oregon State, and I, it's probably not the same level of competition, but Oregon State brought a pretty decent run game to, to the field on yep. Saturday evening, and they ended up with nothing. With, what did they have? Less than fifty yards rushing in that yep. game. I mean, that was Utah only allowed a two point two yard average running in that game. So, still, Utah is still a defense that's based in stopping the run. Even with the, you know, they, they've kind of shifted from a 4-3, their traditional 4-3 to a 4-2 over the last few years. They did show a 4-3 a few times against Oregon State, and maybe, maybe they're going to do that again. But, uh, but it's, still a, it's still a defense that's based in stopping the run, and that, that's still number one on the priority board, you know, under 100 yards rushing. And, and so I would expect, expect Utah to, to be focused on the run game. Same, same, same kind of strategy. Focus on the run game. Try to make, try to make the Sun Devils one-dimensional, and then contain the quarterback. Force the quarterback into making bad throws, and force the quarterback into throwing under pressure and and throwing into coverages and and things like that. So, uh, although I like the running game, and I know that Utah was got, was damaged by that running game a year ago. I feel like this is a, a defense that will manage that running game a, a little bit better. I wouldn't be surprised to see Utah come out of this game holding Arizona State under 100 yards rushing. Frank, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. You got the Utes by more than 12 and a half? I don't think so. I think that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty healthy spread. I think I, ha- I, I, have more, I have more respect for what Arizona State has done this year and the weapons that they have on, on the offensive side. And, they, you know, they, they you know, play a little bit of defense as well. So I think 12-and-a-half is – I think that's a pretty healthy healthy margin. And I think PK's probably right. Like, the, the, the game against Oregon State, although Utah played really well, that may be a combination of Utah playing really well, being on top of their game, jumping on Oregon State early, and Oregon State just kind of feeling like, well, this is going the wrong way. And then it's hard to have the same effort throughout the rest of the football game. So, 
So I don't know. I, I, I would be surprised. Uh, I think Utah will win the game, but I would be surprised if it, if it turns into the kind of a, you know, a runaway like it did against Oregon State. Frank Dolce every week right here on the Zone Sports Network. Thanks, Frank. Hey, thanks, you guys. Really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.